Hello, hi, welcome back. Uh, welcome to Geo Talks. If this is your first time checking me out, this is the first time I'm doing the whole video and audio thing. So, yeah, I'm excited. It has been a minute. Um, if you're new here, hi, welcome. I'm Geo, um, and this is my podcast, Geo Talks. Forgive the background, it's still a work in progress. Um, but yeah, basically what I do is I'll read or watch or listen to something and then I just talk about it, um, take some notes and do some research, but not too much. And, you know, I have a I have a script that I'm looking at right now that I'm not sticking to because they're more just like talking points. So that's what I do. But um, if you have listened to a few of my other episodes, I think I have like two or three other episodes and then I just kind of dropped off the face of the earth. That kind of happened because um, just a plethora of things. My kid got sick and then I'm, you know, her primary parent. So I have to take care of her and she's going to be five. So she's very curious and always all over me and wanting to see what I'm doing always all the time forever. Right now, I'm still getting over whatever's been going around. Um, I've been sick for like a month now and it was all just like a head cold and my ears have been popping. So right now my left ear is, is out of commission. Um, and my right ear sort of starting to come back, but I'm also still kind of congested. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. I hate it. Um, if I wasn't sick, I was having technical difficulties. Like nothing was working. My computer had a whole update and I lost a bunch of stuff. And then I gained a bunch of stuff that I didn't know how to use. And it was just, it was just a lot. It was just a lot. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to leave it. <laughs> like, I'm going to work on other things. I'm going to do other things. Um, I'm going to take care of me and not stress about it so much. I'm just going to leave it for a while. And that's what I did. And and today, I yesterday, I typed this up and then I, I set this up today. And I was like, okay. Okay. Seems like we're, we're doing all right. Seems like we're in business. So, so far, so good. Um, I have yet to upload it anywhere. So we shall see how that goes. Um, and, and yeah. So welcome. Um, I'm trying to hold this whole like rebrand thing because when I started Geotalks in July, August around there, um, I think it was August, I wanted to start posting podcasts every two weeks or so, like two a month maybe. And I wanted to just kind of talk about things that I love, right? Because that's what I do. I talk a lot and very fast sometimes if I get really, really excited and I, and I don't remember to tone it down. Um, so I wanted to just kind of, you know, do a few episodes on literature, like different aspects of literature that I like. I do have a teaching background. I have my MFA in creative writing. I have uh, my BA in philosophy, uh, English, history minor, and Mexican-American studies. So like I've, I've got a wide range of like humanities stuff. And um, I use huge, like highbrow vocabulary, like stuff and things. And, you know, the whatchamacallit, what's his face? thing uh super uh super professional but um but yeah and then like I also want to do to kind of do a little more with like my teaching background because I have I have a background in uh, teaching uh, higher education at the college and university levels and just kind of do little things like that and just like sprinkle some free information here or there things that you don't have to pay for necessarily in order to you know produce something of quality but Anyway, so this, uh, for this year, for 2024, what I'm focusing on is like what I'm calling book thoughts, not really, not like thoughts, although maybe, 
maybe if there's a market for that um but no like um just my thoughts on certain novels on certain books and certain short stories or poetry collections or you know whatnot and today i'm going to be talking about mexican gothic by uh silvia moreno garcia and this book has been out for a minute and i've only recently been able to read it and i wrote about it i wrote how i felt about it i wrote what i liked what i didn't like all that stuff and that's what this podcast is about to kind of just reintroduce myself and then just go back to talking about this i did write about it i posted my review or my thought on um on my Patreon, which is Geo Writes Stories, uh, J-I-O Writes Stories, um, and it's free. My my reviews, my blogs, all that stuff, those are free, or my thoughts. I don't want to call them reviews. I am not a reviewer. I'm a writer, and when I read other people's work, I try to take things that, like, hey, maybe I can incorporate something like this, or, like, that was really cool alliteration, or, you know, this assonance here is awesome, or, you know, the, sim- sim- the symbolism, as I say, symbology, symbology now the symbolism of this scene is great for xyz reason you know stuff like that so that's why i read and when i talk about what i liked or didn't like about a story or a book or a poem or whatever form of media um it's i see it more through the lens of like how would i do it how would i have done it not you know not necessarily always, I mean, sometimes it's just like, God, that was terrible, you know, I don't feel that way about this book, I, I really like this book, I enjoyed it, but, you know, it could be like, God, oh, that was it, ah, like, what is that, like, I'm not, I would never do that, I would do it this way, or this is why I do it this way, or whatever, right, so that's, that's how I'm approaching my, my thoughts on books, um, so just going forward, and on, you know, media, because there's, like, book thoughts and media musings, which is, like, shows, movies, music, you know, all that stuff, and um, yeah, just anything I feel like talking about or uh, discussing. And hopefully you'll stick around for it. This is a very long intro, but um, I hope it piqued your interest and I, I hope you listen to the rest of this. So thanks. All right, so I'm going to be talking about Gothic literature, right? Gothic literature as a whole, because that's what this story is. It is a Gothic story, if you hadn't gathered that from the title. Um, I have talked about Gothic literature in the past. I think it was probably my last podcast, I think. It was on uh, short stories, and I discussed um, like The Yellow Wallpaper, and I discussed The Raven by uh, Charlotte um, Perkins Gilman and like I, I discussed The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe, which I'm wearing my Raven hand gloves today, um, or fingerless hand gloves? Hand gloves. I swear to you, I know how to speak. I know how to string a sentence together. Sometimes it's all over the place, like, you know, but fingerless gloves. I'm wearing my Raven Edgar Allan Poe fingerless gloves that I've had for so long that they're starting to fall apart. But anyway, I love them. Um, and then I also have a pair, they're kind of like a cream color, and um, they are cream and brown, or tan, and those are, uh, it's a Sherlock Holmes excerpt, it's it's pretty cool, I think it's like a study in Scarlet or something, um, yeah, anyway, that's the besides point, um, but Sir Arthur Cannon Doyle, you know, is one of the people, or one of the writers that that, you know, Silvia Moreno-Garcia um, credits with inspiration for this novel. So she credits Edgar Allan Poe, like when you're reading it, it's it's very, very apparent. 
Um, H.P. Lovecraft, also uh, Sir, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Charlotte Perkins Gilman. There's just like all these different like stories because this this version that I got like came with a letter from the author where she's discussing why she wrote this and how she wrote this and then there's like uh, discussing questions for discussion and an interview with her and you know it's it's pretty cool. There's there's a lot there's a lot in in this in this one book and. Um, I really liked the way that she pieced it together. And for someone like me that has, you know, a love and an affinity for Gothic literature and, you know, Gothic writing, and that's what got me into reading to begin with, right, was was uh, Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven, that one episode on The Simpsons, the, the first Treehouse of Horror episode in season two. Um, I was a kid, like the kid kid, and I was horrified and so excited at the same time. And I wanted to know more. So I asked to learn more about Edgar Allan Poe. And now I have a few versions of like his complete collection. And, you know, it's because I love him. I love his writing. And when you read my stories or even my regular writing, just like my memoir, or my nonfiction stuff, um, you can see the effect that, um, you know, authors like Edgar Allan Poe and Shirley Jackson and, you know, um, Charlotte Perkins Gilman, because I love the yellow wallpaper, it's so messed up. Um, I, you can see their influence on my writing and you can see it. You can, if, you, if you're well-versed in Gothic literature, you'll see it in this, right? The more well-known Gothic literature, you'll see it in that. I, I've never really read H.P. Lovecraft. Like I've read a few excerpts here and there, but I've never like sat down to read you know, and I know, I know about H.P. Lovecraft. I think that's why, because I, I know so much about him without ever actually, and his writing without ever out actually having to read it that I don't care to. Um, so don't come for me on that, Lovecraft fans, Lovecraftians. Um, but even never having read any of his stories or novels and just knowing what I know from like pop culture and, and whatnot, like I think even Supernatural did a Lovecraft episode. Um, they, I, I got it, you know, like I was able to pick up on it in this, in this novel. So even if you have like, just like, um, like a little inkling of Gothic literature, you'll get it. Um, so the book takes place, let's see, the book takes place in 1950s Mexico. So Noemi, who is the protagonist, is a 20 year old, like, you know, socialite in, in Mexico. Um, she's come from a very well-to-do family and, um, she's kind of flighty. She's, she's kind of like written as like flighty and, and just sort of shallow and just like, she wants more out of her life than just finding a husband. So she actually went to college to learn and she's just been trying to find herself, right? Like, when I say went to college to learn, I mean like not just to find a husband. So she's trying to figure out what she wants to do for the rest of her life. So when we meet her, she is set on going to continue her studies at, in graduate school um, to be an, anthro an anthropologist. You know, her dad's kind of like ugh, annoyed with her, right? Because she's she's changed her mind so much. We learn later that she's, you know, um, attempted to be an actress. Like she studied theater. She studied like just a bunch of different things because she's like, oh, maybe this is what I like. Or maybe this is what I like. You know, a typical 20 year old. And her dad uses this to kind of like, or uses her want to go to university to continue her graduate studies um, as a, 
as a way to convince her to go visit her cousin Catalina, who's a newlywed and who's been living in the um, the Mexican mountains, right? They don't specify which where really. Like it's a, it's a as far as I know, it is a made up town called El Triunfo, right? Or the Triumph. Um, and it's it used to be an old sil- silver mine, like silver mining town. It's it's this whole convoluted thing. I don't want to talk too much about that because it's part of like the plot. Um, so anyway, her cousin Catalina was raised by her, her dad, uh, by Noemi's dad. So she has part of that family fortune and her new husband is a Doyle, which is a nod to Sir Arthur Cannon Doyle. Um, and he doesn't have any money anymore, right? Um, they're from, they're English, they're, they're, they don't have any more money or not as much money as they used to have when the silver mines were open. So already Noemi's dad's kind of like suspicious as to why this man married his niece because it was a very fast marriage and, you know, it was this whole thing. So he sends uh, Noemi to go visit because, um, what's her face? Catalina sent like really distressing letters. I apologize. I am looking right at my notes, but I don't want to just be reading my notes, you know? Like, I want to have an actual conversation. I don't want to just be reading my notes. Um, So I don't want to talk too much about what it's about, because if I talk too much about what it's about, then I'll end up giving away too much of the story and you might want to read it. So I don't want to do that. But I will talk about what I liked about it. So what I really enjoyed was the pacing of the story. So a lot of times you'll read um, something like in a genre that you're used to reading that is just completely just it moves too fast or it moves too slow or you're just kind of like where is this going with this because it's I don't want to sound make it sound terrible I don't mean it in a bad way but because it's so commercialized and it was going to be so commercialized um it is very formulaic in that it follows like the the pacing follows the gothic literature or the gothic story formula, right? Because when we think about gothic stories, the main thing about a novel like this is that it, it plays on your sense of anxiety, on your sense of fear, right? Your desperation, your isolation, like those different things, right? It's not like a romance novel that, you know, has this, gives you this feeling of like longing and, and you know, uh, just whimsy and, and whatnot. It's not escapism in the same way that like um, like a high you know fantasy novel is right that might have some gothic elements that might have some romantic elements, but ultimately um, high fantasy is escapism right like you are you know you're reading the Lord of the Rings or you're reading the Hobbit and yeah sure there's like love and romance and there's like platonic love and romantic love in it but that's not. And that's what's pushing the story through, right? Because without it, Sam and Frodo would not have, without like brotherly, platonic, maybe homoerotic, I don't know. That's a story for another time, a conversation for a different time. Um, Love between Frodo and Sam, like that's what pushes the story. That's what, what gets them to succeed in destroying the ring, right? Is is just that love that they have for each other or the love that Sam has for Frodo that he just like literally like, you know, carries him to the mouth of the mountain so that he can, or the volcano so that he can drop it in. But anyway, so it's pretty much what I'm trying to say about this is that the gothic formula in this and the pacing in this 
Um, like it, it's very formulaic, much like a Marvel movie. You know what's expected to happen and when and whatnot, but it's still throwing you for a loop as you're reading it because there are some things that you're just kind of like, what? Like the big family secret and just like how it's done and all that. So it's just it's it's very it's done really really well. Um, so I, I did like that. And what I really, really enjoyed were there's some dream sequences in there, um, where Noemi is being affected by what's going on in the house and whatnot. And what I liked about the dream sequences is that, um, they are like, they discombobulate the reader as much as they do Noemi. So at the same time, because, you know, we're, we're processing this through Noemi's point of view, and at the same time, like you're reading one chapter, it ends in a certain way, and then you're reading it and it starts to not make sense. And you're just like, what the? And you're, oh, it's a dream. Okay. And then like you go through the whole dream sequence and you wake up with Noemi, right? And she's scared and stuff. We know a little bit more about what's going on because we can figure out that it's a dream before she can because obviously she's dreaming. And when she finally wakes up, like she's, you know, freaked out, doesn't understand what's going on, doesn't know what's what the point of the dream is or what's happening or whatever. And we feel that with her, right? Like we're both, we're all freaked out, like what what is happening. And I really like that. I really appreciate that. I really liked um, the science behind everything that's going on because a lot of times I don't think readers realize how much research goes into everything that's written, right? But especially into a novel like this, right? Um, it might seem like a throwaway thing to, you know, this is not what happens in this book, but, um, oh, okay, like in Practical Magic, right? I haven't read the books, watch the movie, I'm thinking of the movie. So think about, like, the roses, right, when they start growing after they bury, um, uh, Jimmy Angel of under the, the rose bushes, right? And the next morning, the bushes have grown overnight, and then the detective shows up, and he's like, it's a little early for roses, isn't it? Like, if you were writing that in a story, the writer, the author, would have to know the science behind the best time to, you know, grow roses and the best conditions to grow roses and how quickly you can grow them so that it, it just kind of all makes sense with the rest of the story. Like, we understand watching it that it's a supernatural element because we know it happened. But um, still, in having to read it, like, if we were reading that, we would be like, oh, snap, because it's like... I don't know, January. No, it's like May. I don't know. I see. I don't know much about roses <laughs> or how they would grow on, you know, an island in, I think it's Washington. Um, so I know how they would grow in Texas and I know it's too hot for them to grow in Texas. So if I were to have a rose bush that was going crazy and growing from one day to the next in the middle of summer in my story, I would know, you know, and the reader would know that I have a background in understanding how this climate works and how these roses would grow or wouldn't grow or what would happen and, you know, stuff like that. And that is done really well. The science is done really, really well in this, um, in this book, I think. And another thing that I, I really liked, the more I think about it, is the ending. Um, so typically, you know, you have stories that end like a happy ending or a sad ending or an ambiguous ending or an it was all a dream ending, which are the worst endings to write. Don't ever write those endings. Don't ever write those endings, please. Or God, um, one of my favorite M. Night Shyamalan movies was Signs or is Signs up until the very end. 
the whole everything happens for a reason thing is such a it's such a cop-out right so that along with it was all a dream or and then I woke up or you know it was a vision that didn't actually happen like it's what could have happened and it's don't stop it stop it that's not the twist you think it is don't do that. Don't write that. Right. And and that's not the kind of ending this has. At first, I was like, I could have used more. But then it made sense as far as like the character of Noemi. And if you read my thing on it, my thoughts on it, you'll understand why I'm not going to talk about that. Why right? But um, what else? Uh, what I didn't like about this. Okay. So there are a few instances where, um, oh, hang on. Uh, what I didn't like about it was the repetition. Um, so I understand as a writer, as a reader, that, you know, you have to repeat certain things to kind of get the, the reader to understand, like, okay, this is important, or this is important. It's like Chekhov's gun, right? Like, it's this is important. You can't mention a thing once or twice and then not mention it again at the end, right? I get that. Or, like, have it come together a certain way. I get that. But when it's mentioned over and over and over and over again, it's like, okay, I get it, right? I get it. I get it. There, this isn't it, but like there's a star in the left corner of every room that she walks in, into. And so we need to know that she sees the star in the left corner of every room that she walks into. Something like that, right? And yeah, there's a payoff at the end, but it's just like, I get it, okay? So for me, it also comes down to like hand-holding. Um, I don't appreciate being handheld through anything, right? Um, through life, through, um, through, my, through what I'm watching, through through whatever I'm reading. I don't handhold my audience. I like to think that if you're reading something that I wrote, it's because you're gonna pay attention and discern things for yourself and you know figure it out on your own if it's a mystery, right? Because by the time you read it, other people have read it and have given me feedback and I've changed it up and you know, whatever, right? I've done the necessary things in order for it to be uh, something that everyone and anyone can enjoy and understand to a certain degree without like, okay, here's the thing. And like, oh, do you see it? Do you, do you see the clues? Do you see what I'm, what I'm telling you is important, you know, and like circling like the thing. I don't, I don't do that. I don't like that. I don't like that in movies. I don't like that in shows. I don't like that in my stories, right? At all. I, I, I constantly fight against hand holding. And I feel like a lot of it is, is in here. Like, and I understand again, it's for a wider audience. It's for, um, it's kind of like, you know, a beach read of sorts, you know, so it's, it's just, it's an easy read. So I understand that it has to be easy to follow and that, you know, if you're handheld, handheld through it, you won't get lost in the plot. And I get it, I get it. Um, but I, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really like that. So, oh yeah. So it takes place in Mexico. It's called Mexican Gothic about Mexican characters interacting with English characters. English-born characters, and there's mention of, and they started speaking Spanish, and she said this in Spanish, and he said that in Spanish, but there is no Spanish other than, like, a few words here and there, like, el triunfo, I mean, that's in Spanish, um, and I think, like, one, like, medicine woman or something that she met, basically a witch, a curandera, that she meets, um, I think uses, like, one or two words, but everything else is just like in Spanish. And she said it in Spanish. And I'm just like, why don't you just write it in Spanish? You know, but that's, that's just thing that I, yeah. And then, 
Oh, yeah. So there's this whole forced, con- what I felt was a forced conversation on eugenics and like the misogyny is like really forced as well. And I think for something like this, it's 1950s. It's a woman being sent to visit her cousin who's been kept from her family. Like it's, it's, it's understood in the implication. And I think it, it's one of those moments where, <clears throat> excuse me, the implication would have had a stronger impact than just actually sitting and outright discussing eugenics and eugenicists and you know if that's the word for it and and like the misogyny that comes along with it because i mean we it's 2024 we we deal with misogyny every day every day right and like to underline that and be like oh that's like he was being a misogynist or you know whatever that's not in there but you, you know like that's that's a vibe that you get and it's again i understand it's for a general audience it's not meant to be picked apart in like a literature course necessarily um i mean it can but it you know it's like a book club read right it's more casual reading than it is like heavy like thought-provoking whatever but as a reader that's that's i guess in my age with my training with my background i've gotten used to thinking a lot about what I'm what I'm reading and I think that's my problem that's that's my failing right is that I can't I am proud of myself that I did not write in the margins and underline things though I am very I'm very proud I that's something that I am I'm trying really hard not to do um because of my training because of my background right and and that's that's my failing right like sitting there and not being able to shut off my brain my critical thinking and you know pick everything apart so that I can understand it better which is why I would do that because I want to be able to formulate something similar or if I want to write something like this not exactly the same thing but you know what I mean and I, I need to be able to understand like pick it apart and understand how it works and why it works that way but um that's on me um, that's just why I didn't like it. Um, but anyway, um, so how does this, aha, how does this compare to how I craft my stories? So I don't use formulas when I write my stories, not because I think formulas are below me, but because I don't know how to function with a formula. So if I am, you know, writing something and I'm looking at a formula on one spreadsheet, like this is what I need to do here. I need to have an inciting incident here. Like it doesn't work. It doesn't come out. It doesn't, it doesn't get produced. It doesn't, it's, I'm not very good at it. It's, it's not, it just doesn't, does not compute for me. Right. And I don't know why it's just, it's just a thing. I don't know if it's like my, you know, rail against authority. I don't, my stories come out better when I take what's really happening in my life or what has happened in my life and I infuse it with a fantasy element. So think like, you know, demons and ghosts and werewolves and fae and you know whatever right skeletons um my writing my fiction my memoir fantasy memoir stuff like that that's that's how I write and it's not formulaic and my endings are usually mostly ambiguous um I don't have very many super duper happy and they lived happily ever after moments right because life's not like that. And if I'm writing about something that's based off of my life or something that has happened in the past or that's affected me somehow, I'm not going to fake it and be like, oh, and they lived happily ever after. I, I can't, I can't do that. Right. That's not genuine to me. It's not genuine to my reader. It's not genuine in general. And so, you know, does it really, I don't really compare my writing as superior to anybody's for one, or, you know, especially to something that's formulaic. I'm actually 
really kind of jealous of people that can write like stick to a formula and write through that formula um, because it's difficult. It's like like when I worked, <laughs> I used to work at an ale house and, you know, it's all craft beer. It was all mi- microbrewery. So it was all small batch beer. Um, and they didn't really have any like, uh, they had some like, uh, you know, uh, macro brewery stuff, but, or stuff that got bought by macro breweries, right? Which would be like your Budweiser's, Bud Lights, all that stuff. The form, so microbreweries, they can have a formula, but it, every beer they make is going to, like every batch is going to taste slightly different from, from itself. It'll have like the same flavor profile, but they'll be like, you can have, you know, this batch was made on Monday of last week. This batch was made on Monday of this week. The exact same beer, they're still fresh, they're canned, never open. You open them, you try them, they're going to taste a little different because the ingredients were a little different because water, because dirt, because whatever, right? And like the growing of the hops and the barley and, you know, all that stuff. With macro breweries like, you know, Budweiser, Bud Light, all that, they have such a, like a formula, like down to the science that a beer from like last month is going to taste exactly, that was canned last month, is going to taste exactly like the one that was canned yesterday or right the second, you know? And, and that's impressive. Like the fact that you can get it down to that much of a science is impressive. And that's how I feel about people that can write, um, that can stick to the formula while they're writing. It's like the detective novels. Are you kidding me? I love reading like detective stories, but I, I can't, I've, I tried, I have tried to write my own and it, it's so hard. Um, it's, it's my, my hat's off to people that can stick to formulas. I can't, I have like, like a very rudimentary outline. Like these are my characters. This is what's going to happen. This is the thing just so that I don't get lost, but invariably it ends up changing because I can't stick to a formula. Um, And okay, what I recommend. Yes, I would recommend this book. I would recommend Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno Garcia. This is the only book by her that I've read, but looking in it, um, and like looking in here, she's written a few other things. So I might pick those up and just kind of give them a read. Down here, it says author of Gods of Jade and Shadow. I've never heard of that series or book. So, you know, I'd give her a read, another read, uh, uh, like one of her other books. But yeah, I mean, I give this book, honestly, out of five, I give it a three and a half, like 3.5. I enjoyed it. I did figure out the plot and all that stuff and what had to be done and whatnot um, within like the first few chapters. By chapter three, I was like, okay. one of There was one kind of like a twist, but um, other than that, you know, but that just had to do with me understanding how gothic literature works and my background in gothic literature um but even though i knew that even though i knew what was going to happen or how it would probably that I'll, I'll go with that how it would probably happen how it would probably be probably play out i still really enjoyed it i was still like you know like just trying to finish it and trying to get to the end of it mostly to see if i was right um but also just like you know and and another thing i've oh another thing i really liked was like the sense of time is off. So we don't know how long she's been there. She doesn't know how long she's been there. And that really plays into like the what the hell is going on element of this. And I think that's also another reason why the pacing worked because we don't know how long she's been there. We don't know if it's been a few weeks or if it's been months. Um, and just the way it moves, it, it's good. I, I I do, you know, I did enjoy it. So, <sighs> 
yeah, <laughs> I do recommend it. Um, so with that, I'll leave this rambling mess <laughs> and try to piece it together into something that makes sense. Um, but yes, uh, I would recommend this if you like, you know, fun reads and it's creepy and there's, you know, stuff in it that I don't want to talk about because I don't want to give too much away. If you want to read more or if you want to know more about how I feel about this or what I liked about it and, you know, all that stuff, I go a little more in depth, still uh, spoiler free um, on my book thought in um, on my Patreon, right? And so I'll put all that info in the in the caption or in the description. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. Um, if you want me to talk about anything else, let me know. Um, and, uh, my next week's, next week's, yeah, I want to read, I want to try to do this every two weeks. So in another two weeks, I want to talk about, I'm hoping to be able to talk about the Heaven and Earth Grocery Store by, uh, James McBride. I finished that and that was just like, right? That's a novel. I have a lot to say about that one. I really loved it. And I'm going to start reading Yellow Face by R.F. Kwong. I hope I'm saying her name correctly. Um, and um, yeah, I want to talk about those two next, not next week, but in two weeks, you know, and hopefully get a better handle on all this. But um, but yeah, anyway, I hope you enjoyed this. I thank you for being here and watching this with me. They're watching me mumble fumble through this today um it feels really good to be doing this again and getting back in the swing of things and recording and you know like my actual face and movement and stuff so oh um, uh the video is uh for my patreon so the video version of me would be on my patreon maybe clips of it on tiktok if i figure out how to do that or on instagram um but the audio is you know everywhere <laughs> But uh, yeah, so thanks for hanging out and I hope I didn't offend you if you liked this book or other books like this because that was that's not what I want to do. Um, I just want to talk about it. So yeah, anyway, um, catch y'all later. Bye.